So, John, you know, it's amazing how in such a short period of time, this concept of ESG has just come to the forefront in business. I mean, we see it everywhere. And in particular, in the past, I would say, year, ESG has really taken off in the realm of supply chain management. It seems like every uh, thing I read now has something about it. Um, so, you know, uh, the timing of you uh, entering this position as Chief Sustainability Officer uh, seems really timely, uh, especially since Tyson's the number one producer in the world of protein. Um, it seems like uh, applying, looking at the protein supply chain, the global protein supply chain, through the lens of sustainability really makes sense. But before we get into that, I'd like to talk about your role a little bit because your role, I, I know you're Chief Sustainability Officer, but when I read about it, it sounds broader than that. It sounds like it includes ESG. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's right, Matt. Um, if I could, uh, I'll just share a little bit about sustainability at Tyson and my role and what our team does. Um, but yeah, I think um, it was already said, but my name is John Tyson and I'm the Chief Sustainability Officer at Tyson Foods. Um, I've been in my role for about 18 months now, not quite. And uh, this was a role that we created uh, in 2017 for the first time reporting to the CEO uh, to kind of share with you where we are in our journey of making sustainability a priority at Tyson. Um, in my role, I lead a few different uh, independent but interconnected functions that all roll up to sustainability. Um, our environmental team, our animal welfare team, uh, our corporate social responsibility team all report into me, as well as our corporate diversity and inclusion efforts and our procurement team. Uh, we believe that by linking all these things together, we can drive for the sustainability or, e sustainability or ESG uh, outcomes uh, that we want. Um, and we do, we, we do it in a bunch of different ways, Matt. So having procurement reporting into you, that makes a lot of sense, especially since you have a goal of um, really a vision for long-term sustainability in the protein supply chain. Uh, would you speak to that uh, a little bit, the vision overall? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm glad you asked. I, I think that you know, it, it ties in everything we do starts with our purpose, we always say, which is to raise the world's expectations for how much good food can do. Um, as it relates to what our sustainability ambitions are, I like to sum it up very uh, quickly. Our ambition is to be the most sustainable and transparent protein company in the world, full stop. Um, I think additionally, to talk, in addition to talking about the vision and the uh, our ambitions uh, it's also important to talk about i think the sense of responsibility we feel at tyson um, it's really a privilege to work at a company matt where we wake up in the morning and we feel like we're feeding the world um, we feel like everyone in the world needs access to healthy nutritious uh, affordable uh, food that's produced responsibly and um, uh, you know is available anywhere that they want protein. Um, so I, I think 
without those kind of north stars or um, or uh, ambitions that the whole team can get aligned to, uh, we wouldn't be able to do uh, what we've accomplished so far. And um, and the clarity about uh, what our goals are, I think, um, enables not just our team but all of our customers and supply chain partners to come together to make sure we're all rowing in the same direction, so to say. Well, you know, uh, of course, all supply chains are chains. They're networks of uh, suppliers and, and companies. And it's really hard for one node in the supply chain, even if it's a huge node like Tyson, to really achieve significant progress in um, sustainability and ESG broadly um, without the involvement of the suppliers. So how how are you planning to really work with supply chain partners to to achieve that vision? Um, how should I answer that question? I think there's a few different things that go into it really. Um, first, you heard me talk about making sure we're clear uh, about what our ambitions and our goals are. And I think when we do that, it allows uh, those of our business partners who have a similar or shared vision and mission about their own work to come alongside us or for us to come alongside them, us to come together and work together. Um, you know, we have a lot of customers that we operate the same way. Um, and what we have, I think, learned from our customers is, um, you know, when you have a shared long-term vision, it allows you to make uh, investments in some of these sustainability projects that maybe have uh, uh, less tangible uh, paybacks in the immediate term, but are certainly valuable to customers and to uh, business partners all along the supply chain. I think um, in addition to communicating just about the high level 30,000 foot view and vision, um, we also try to be as transparent and use as much data as possible. Um, you know, the old adage is you can't manage what you don't measure. And um, uh, I think that is certainly a challenge, uh, especially as you have, you know, business like ours with a big global interconnected supply chain. But, um, you know, we, you got to start somewhere. So we, we've started to uh, report data about our own business on emissions, about water use, um, about our diversity and inclusion aspirations in our workforce. Um, and we'll start to expect our suppliers to do the same thing. And um, it takes time to build those kinds of programs so that uh, you know information sharing can be done in a way that is usable and translatable across everyone's different you know internal and interconnected uh, uh, business systems, the software that kind of connects everything. But, um, you know, just because it's complex and difficult doesn't mean we shouldn't get started on it. So I, I think, uh, you know, to oversimplify, it all comes back to communication, but that communication takes place in a few, few different ways. That reminds me, back in the 90s, we used to use this game, and we still use it some, but I used to use it in all my classes and, and even in exec ed uh, programs, and it was called the beer game. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's not. It's not the people always think of quarters or something like that. It's not that. It's it's a, it's a production and distribution game, and it is so much fun. 
I mean, like I said, I've used it in classes for years, but I've used it in exec ed um, with all kinds of companies um, over the years. And uh, it basically, it's four stages. Uh, the first stage is the uh, production of, of, uh, of beer. The next uh, stage is distribution and then warehousing and then uh, retail. When you play this game with people, only the um, player, uh, the retailer, can see consumer demand. So each each uh, period, they flip over a card, and they see demand, and they have to fulfill it, and then they have to place an order on the warehouse, and the, the warehouse looks at the order and has to place an order, and it keeps going on upstream, right? Well, what no one knows in the game until the very end is that the demand that the retailers seeing the cards uh if i haven't done this for a long time but i believe it's like four 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 it's four per week for like five weeks and then it switches to eight and then it stays eight for 30 periods but at the very end of the game one thing you always have people do is people who are in production you have them go to the whiteboard <clears throat> and draw a graph of what they think demand looks like. And they drive the, the, these huge swings. They think it went, uh, consumer demand must have gone from like four to 100 and then to zero. And they draw these crazy uh, graphs. And so, um, of course, everyone's surprised. In fact, usually at the end, um, you know, the people who are producers will go actually look at the cards. They're so incredulous. Uh, and during the game, you see tons of inventory build up. Um, and then if there's time, you replay the game where everyone can see consumer demand. And without any sophisticated algorithms, it nearly solves the problem. So uh, yeah, I know that's really technical because it has to do with orders and units demanded. But we've modified it over the years for other kinds of things. and. It is this, this point you made about sharing and communicating. Really, it, it's true in anything. Even if you're just a leader in an organization, if people have a, a mental image of where you're going, it's so much easier for everyone else to kind of fall in and, and use their capabilities and strengths to do that. I'll, um, I'll just share a different example to to belabor that same point. I mean, um, even communicating with my peers, my uh, coworkers at Tyson, I think uh, despite how clear uh, we sometimes think we are in laying out, you know, here are our um, social ESG uh, aspirations and goals. Here's what we're working on from an environmental standpoint. Um, you know, we eat, sleep, and breathe it every day, my team, but forget that sometimes our other colleagues are not, um, are focused on it, um, but it, it's still something that we, we find ourselves constantly needing to educate and uh, uh, just connect people to say, hey, here's how your work fits into our sustainability or our ESG uh, aspirations. Um, you know, you're also talking about just the, the unpredictability of demand in the game that you um, you shared you know of course our business a significant portion of it is fresh protein 
and um, and so there are you know supply and constraints and just marketability constraints that we have to be mindful of that make uh, make our business complex and you know without without good communication between ourselves and our customers um, it, uh, you know the success we've had would not be would not be possible John with COVID-19 causing so much disruption globally in the supply chain what are some ways communication and really leadership can bring about more harmony in the supply chain? Yeah, that's um, that's a good question. I mean, I think that uh, I'll speak about our our business, Matt. Uh, you know, in 2020, we saw uh, a lot of attention uh, and enthusiasm from people and wanting to know more about where their food comes from. Uh, uh, in the U.S. specifically, and also uh, around the world, and so I think communication and linking that to our sustainability and ESG work is super important because um, you know we started trying to we well we've been telling a good story at Tyson for a lot of years, and um, the moment that there's a lot of attention uh, placed on our business and our industry, I think we were proud to have be able to showcase a lot of the good work that we've done over the last uh, however many years and through the pandemic, uh, making sure that food was still available on tables and on supermarket shelves. Um, I think the other way that communication plays a role, you know, independent of COVID-19, uh, but as it relates to sustainability is, um, you know, information and transparency we believe uh, will allow us to compete in the marketplace uh, for consumers and customers, and um, and therefore we feel like if we can keep you know up in the bar, raising the bar, up in the ante on uh, what we communicate and disclose with uh, various investors and uh, kind of these ESG ratings and rankings agencies that are out there, uh, we think at Tyson we can be successful. Um, and differentiate ourselves uh, among our peers, and so you know, I never, I never, uh, I never want to skip over uh, any time I have the chance to talk about you know our business and sustainability that we're also still out there um, trying to win in the marketplace uh, and uh, and compete on a day to day basis. Well, John, you know, uh, for as long as I can remember. Tyson has been uh, the leader in uh, protein production and distribution in the world. And so it's really exciting to see what you're doing and to see your aspirations around transparency and sustainability, and really ESG uh, broadly. I, I look forward to the future and uh, thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you, Matt. It's, uh, it's been enjoyable to talk with you. And uh, today, and, and for our listeners that don't know, we've also had the chance to work together. And uh, uh, I just want to say thanks to you for all the work that you do here in our Northwest Arkansas community, helping uh, train the, the future business leaders of tomorrow. Uh, it's important work. And uh, of course, university has a, a, a very uh, well-respected supply chain program, which is important for all the listeners on this call today, too. And we, we shouldn't uh, go without mentioning that. Thank you.